Welcome back. Welcome back. It is the Deep Cover Podcast. We are back at you. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. But we're back. We're back. And just in time, really, uh, the draft coming up next week, next Thursday. I think that's the 29th, starting kicking off next Thursday night. So what better time to come back? And I'm not alone. We're not alone. We're never alone. Uh, always got Chris and Carrie with me, but we got a couple of special guests and uh, I'm going to introduce them and then we're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to do on tonight's show. Uh, we did it last year. It was a lot of fun. Got a couple new new faces uh, to help us out with it this year. I think it's going to be even more fun and I think y'all going to like it. So first, let me check in with my guys uh, and then we'll introduce our special guests uh i'll start with chris how you doing man i'm good man i'm excited for this episode man it's, it's good to have slade and coach with us um always good to see mike and carrie so i'm i'm ready to get it going yes sir yes sir carrie how you doing man good man glad to be back with you guys we got some quality real quality guys with us uh you know quality film analysis so I, i'm looking forward to this man you know we we talk before the show can't nobody talk about nobody mama in this whole situation so well, hopefully we, we we don't get too heated and we stick to that keep it above the belt keep it above the belt keep it clean but but what they say uh you know keep you keep your head on swivel stay alert at all times so because <laughs> you never know uh but with that let me go ahead and introduce our guest i'll start with coach evans i think many uh ravens fans know him from his youtube channel Know him on Twitter, uh, always doing great film analysis, doing live streams on YouTube, putting out great content. Coach Evans, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, doing good. Happy to be back on the Deep Cover Podcast. Uh, the last time I was here, I had a, had a great time. Felt like some guys I had known for 20 plus years, and it's it's, it's a, always a place I like to come in and get you know talk Ravens football. Yeah, we love having you on. We're excited to have you on tonight. Uh, next guest. AC Slade for the brand at Big Play Wide Receiver on Twitter yes, for the brand, <laughs> the man himself. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, what's happening, man? It's glad to be with y'all tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So with that, I'm going to throw this up on the screen. We're still uh, deciding whether we're going to going to do this uh as a video version we've always done it as an as an audio version but you know we're trying to step our game up a little bit uh in 2021 trying to trying to come up out of the pandemic better than we went in so uh we're adding some new stuff but um even if we ultimately don't do it uh in video format this time around we'll talk through this and describe it enough so that, you know, if you're listening to the audio version that you'll be able to follow along and know what we're doing. So you may recall from last year, we did a uh, NCAA tournament style bracket for the players who we thought that the Ravens could select in the first round of the draft. So only talking about guys who kind of have a first round projection on them. And I just pulled that from like different sources. You know, I'm not 
somebody who really does that stuff myself, but people out there who who do that, your Daniel Jeremiah's, Dane Brugler, stuff like that. It's kind of where I pulled these names from. And then just some of the other mock drafts that are out there. And so we just kind of pair players off, try to get players who are at the same position and pair them off. And then we just work through the bracket right? Round one, round two, round three, get to the finals and try to get to a winner. And whoever that winner is, is pretty much who we're going to put our stamp on. Maybe not everybody might not. We try to get to a consensus. It might not be unanimous, but we at least try to get to a consensus on who we think, you know, we might be able to put the stamp on as the player they might take. If they stay and pick at 27, we know trade back, trade down, always possibility, but we're just going to assume for this that they're going to stick and pick. So, we're going to work through. Uh, I'll talk about each one of the matchups before, just so, like I said, for the audio only audience, they'll be able to know who we're talking about before we go. Uh, we do put a, a time limit for each of us so that we don't just go on and on and on about the guy who we really like. And then at the end, the people who are not, you know, making the case for that player, we are the judges. We'll kind of in our minds, be thinking about who we think won that round and which player should go through and then we'll just you know we'll just talk talk through that and we'll make that decision right as you're listening or watching so it's all gonna happen so anyway let's get this thing kicked off let me make sure i got my little timer ready <clears throat> am i talking first if i'm talking first I, somebody else gotta do timer okay no <clears throat> excuse me i'm not so we're uh we're gonna start with wide receivers how appropriate for Ravens fans, the Ravens flock. Yeah. <laughs> love to talk about wide yeah, receivers. Let's just get yeah. it out of the way. And so in this first matchup, we got my man Slade uh, stumping for Rashad Bateman and Coach Evans for Terrace Marshall. What we should have done was flip a coin to see who was going to go first. I didn't even think about that. Because uh, there is a little bit, we found this out last year, a little bit of a of a strategy to who goes first and who goes second in terms of how it kind of affects what people think, you know, like that last thing you hear sometimes that's the thing that's sticking your oh, head. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, do you guys care or do you want me to flip a coin? I got a little, got something I can flip around here. No, I don't care. Yeah. That doesn't matter to me. Okay. So, you know what, we're going to go, Let's go, Slade, just because I'll, I'll go with the way that I have it on screen. I have you listed as the first guy. So when you are ready, when you're right. ready, you tell me, and I'm going to start the timer. I think you can see it up on the screen, bottom right-hand corner. So you let me know when you're ready to roll, and I'm going to hit the timer. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. All right. Here we go. All right. Bateman, I, first of all, I have no concerns, uh, serious concerns with, with, with either – Either candidate here. I think with Bateman, though, we're talking about um, a cat with um, a lot more polish than Marshall. I love Marshall's size. I love Marshall's speed at his size. But for Bateman, um, we've got just that polished execution as far as um, in and out of his breaks. He doesn't run a lot of uh, sharp breaking routes where he's coming back to the football all that much. He runs a lot of slants, um, you know, and like most college receivers, right? He's got, he's got his screens, he's got his goes, um, he's got his posts and, and what have you. But as far as his, I like his catching technique. Um, I like, again, his, 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 his breaks, I like his footwork off the line of scrimmage. I like how he gets out of his breaks. He doesn't, you know, 
not choppy step. He's not counting his time. There's your time. And I can tell. And that was a fast minute, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I was looking, I was watching, and I'm listening. I'm looking at your pace. I'm like, I don't know, man. You're like, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, he's going to have to pick that thing up. But anyway. Do do, do I get like a a, a 30 second follow up, kind of like how debates go, right? Trying to get a rebuttal. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what does the group think. We didn't we didn't do that last year. We didn't think about it. Yeah, he I'm not that last we word. Didn't do we it just no man, go ahead. This is this is first go around. Go ahead. Okay. Well, no, he said rebuttal, so he he won't coach Evans to go, and then he want to have a little. I mean, I'll take an extension. I'll take a rebuttal. Whatever. Well, look here. Here's what I was thinking that we would do. Um, and this this could be a good test for it, right? Because right? we weren't hundred percent sure whether we should do one minute or two minutes for the first round. I figured by the time we got to the second round, we could cut the time down because we would have already mm-hmm. had talked about most of these guys and would just be kind of mm-hmm. making a little bit of a different point. So maybe we should have done two minutes uh, for that. So, coach, if you cool, I can get AZ another minute, and then That's you'll fine. get two right off the top. That's fine. That's you want to do that? That's fine. Okay, AZ, I'm gonna put you back That's on. Fine. You got another minute. Okay. I appreciate it. No, yeah, no we'll do two. I think two two is good for the first round. Kind of yeah. set the foundation, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, here you go. And so for for fit, um, I'm not convinced that the Ravens really care about size. I think if the Ravens like Elijah Moore, they'll take Elijah Moore. So um, and that kind of plays into the perimeter need that um, a lot of fans think that the Ravens need, and I do too. But I just don't think it's going to kind of, you know, uh, uh, sway their judgment to where they're going to take a receiver that they don't like otherwise. I think Bateman can play on the perimeter. Uh, I think, um, you know, he can um, he can throw a double move at you and get deep. I don't know about his four three nine speed or this pro day, but he's fast enough, right? I think he's good. I know he's good versus man. Um, the stats show that. Um, he, he can improve versus zone, but most college receivers can. I just think he's a guy where he'll, he'll win in the middle of the field. He'll, he'll, he'll win deep, um, not like Hollywood, but he'll also win out of perimeter. I think he can pretty much do whatever you need him to do. I think he's ready to play and step in and play right now. There you go. Okay. Okay. That was clean. That was clean. All right. So coach, let me get this thing to two minutes Okay. Uh, before we. Okay, you know, I should really know how to do this. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Hey, what the hell is that? Yeah, I want to edit. How I change the time? You would <laughs> think I would know how to use this, right? I clearly don't. All right, let's just do that. It seems like it will be a lot a lot less clicks. Right. Hey, man, when you're right. a 45-year-old dude trying to do this thing, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get what you're going to get. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. I need to get my son down here. He, it's not like he's asleep anyway. He's supposed to be, but I know he's not. So I need to just go get him and say, hey, man, come show me how to do Okay. Thanks, All man. right, Coach, we got you two minutes. You let right. me know when you're ready to roll, and I'll click it. I'm ready. All right. Uh, Terrence Marshall, Jr., uh, from LSU. He's a guy that's, uh, I think, about 6'3", right around 200 pounds. And um, my thing with him over Bateman is Bateman is – it may be six feet, you know, maybe six feet. And we got a room full of guys that fit that. We need a guy with a, a wide uh, catch radius that, um, and he, he, he didn't run the, the, the four, three that everybody in America ran 
you know, this um, camp season, not camp season, but this uh, pro day season. Uh, but he ran fast enough to be 6'3", 200 pounds. The thing that I like over Bateman is there's a huge difference between Big 12 DBs and SEC DBs. Terrence Marshall had a heck of a uh, campaign with a, basically a brand new team. You know, no no Joe Burrow, no um, the O-line was new, the running backs were new, everybody. Three different quarterbacks, and he still shined by doing that with the best player not sit, you know, not even playing, which is Chase. So I think Marshall fits us because we don't have a we have a long guy, but he don't do anything. So I think the fit comes in with us because he's a taller, bigger guy. He's a, a red zone guy that can go up and get balls and maybe can go up and get him too, but it's different between six feet and six three. And Marshall checks all the boxes with me because he did it against SEC competition. Not no no well it is a knock against Big Twelve, Big Ten competition. The SEC is just that much better. He did it against the the Sertans and 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 those guys of the world. So my my I think the better fit is Marshall because of what he did, the production he gave versus SEC competition, while being probably the best guy on offense that they had because everybody else was new. Hold on. I had to take myself off mute because normally I like to keep that quiet and let you guys have your time. Coach, <laughs> Coach got extra time. He got extra time. I really think you was closer to like nine seconds. It took me a while to stop it because I was like, wait a minute, he done? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the thing that I thought we would do with this too, before we get into, you know, making the decision about who we think go through is if you get time, if you got time left, you can add that to your next round. If your guy goes through, and you get to you know go through that next round. You get in coach's case, I guess he get an extra nine seconds uh, <laughs> on, the, on the, his time. So I might have to uh, get that's back a, time. Yeah, that's a little strategy thing. I should have probably told you that. Like, that's a little strategy to keep in mind too. Is that if you can keep it a little tighter, you might be able to save some for the next round if you think you might need it. You know, you might need gotcha, to do a little gotcha. extra on the next round. Okay, so I'm gonna go through. I save mine for last, but I'm, I'm gonna start with Carrie. You've heard. The arguments, Carrie. Who are you voting for in that matchup? Man, this is this is a tough one, man. It's compelling arguments on both sides. I like what Coach said about SEC competition. I've been kind of lower on Marshall through the process, but one thing you can't knock him is the production, and that production against SEC corners is um, is big. Um, one thing that Slade touched on that I like um, was the whole size thing. I agree with him. I don't think that the Ravens are going to pigeonhole themselves into having to have a 6'2", 6'3", guy. I think they're more looking for a guy that fits and a guy that has that mentality, um, somebody that can win inside the numbers and somebody that will kind of do the dirty work. So I've seen Bateman do the dirty work on tape. I've seen him win inside the numbers on tape. And I just think he's a better football player, so I'm going to put my vote with Bateman. Okay, so we got one for Bateman. Chris, I'll go to you next. Who you like? Yeah, I, I, you know, both guys, of course, you know, heated that case for, for both of uh, Bateman and, and Marshall. Um, you know, like Terry said, uh, the, the SEC competition, that's a huge deal because that's the closest thing you're going to get to NFL corners when it comes to college football is those boys in the SEC and you can see it with, you know, Sertan and, and J.C. Horn 
And then you could just talk about practice where he's going up against uh, Derek Stingley. So that's another guy who might be a top five guy we're talking about next year. Um, with Bateman, you know, Bateman, he has that inside-outside versatility, you know, very polished. Um, I, I, I understand the, the height thing, but I think, you know, he, he plays bigger than his height would suggest, and he, he's, a, he's a long player. You know, there are guys that are tall, but they don't really have the wingspan. I think he has that wingspan and, and that length that you want to see to play above the rim. Um, the, the main problem that I had with, with Marshall is the, the competitive toughness. Um, it's, I, I've told Mike about this. It's not about him not being able to block. It's about him, you know, competing in the run game where he gets put on his ass and the next play, he's not mad about it. The next play, he's kind of just, you know, going through the motions again. And you kind of see that when he's in a, a congested area, he kind of, he doesn't feel comfortable around all of those bodies flying around. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, he's a wide receiver, you know, he's not a tight end. But it, it just comes down to a competitiveness. You know, we want dogs on this offense. You know, we want guys that are going to have that mentality. And uh, I, I think just, you know, for that, and then, you know, also the other things that I like that Bateman does, I think I would have to go with Bateman. All right, so that's two for Bateman. Looks like it comes down to me. Uh, I Chris and Kerry both know, because all three of us have talked about the the sort of competitive thing in the run in in terms of run blocking with Marshall and like Chris says it's not so much about your technique or anything like that but it's just your mindset like you know you want to see somebody who, who wants to do that right nobody's saying you gotta go in there and pancake to do but you want to see somebody who who's gonna go in there gonna give good effort who's not gonna turn down contact or anything like that now look I've heard people say hey he came back because you know he he, he wanted to to kind of show that he was completely over the injury that he had coming out of high school. Uh, you know, obviously he played in 2019 and kind of worked his way back and, and jumped on the scene there, but he really kind of wanted to complete, you know, show he was completely healthy and that he could be that guy after Chase and Jefferson were gone. Right. And so, you know, you, you respect that. And then the reason I bring that up is because people were like, well, look with the run block and stuff, maybe the dude was just ready to be out of there, right? He just came back. The team wasn't really doing very well, and he was just ready to get out of there. So, I, I, you know, I have my concerns about that in terms of mindset or whatever. But when you look at the production, to Coach's point, this dude comes back, he ain't playing with Joe Burrow. I mean, he's got these freshman quarterbacks in there, and I forget what his numbers were in those first six or seven games uh, before he he opted out. But, I mean, I want to say he had, like, six or seven touchdowns and a bunch of yards, a bunch of catches. I mean, he, he was balling with, you know, guys back there who were not Joe Burrow and he did not have those other wide receivers around him. They didn't have the same offensive line and he was still doing his thing. So just from a pure receiving standpoint, I probably would lean him over Bateman. Bateman might do some of the other stuff that we talked about where I don't have the same issues um, in terms of competitiveness. So I probably would go Marshall would be my vote. I mean, I know you guys got me outvoted, but the other thing that might push me back to the other side a little bit 
is the medical stuff that they talked about. I think that just came out in the last day or two. And they still didn't say specifically what it was. They said something popped, which I don't think you want to use that word when you're talking about medical stuff. But anyway, uh, Daniel Jeremiah said something popped on his medical evaluations. So I don't know if it's the foot. I don't know if it's the knee. I don't want to speculate on that stuff because I don't know. But I think if there is something there in terms of a medical concern with a wide receiver, I think we've seen the Ravens get pretty skittish with that, right? Going back to Perryman. They get they get a little skittish with that ever since that guy, because I don't know that um, I, he had some issues, I think, at UCF. And I'm sure that they were aware of that. But I don't I don't I don't know if they knew uh, kind of how that was going to play out. And then, of course, nobody could predict what was going to happen with him over those first couple of years. So I think that yeah. that probably scares them off a little bit at this point. So even though I want to say uh, Marshall, my, my official vote will be Marshall, but I just wanted to put that out there on the record. But it doesn't matter because Kerry and Chris said, Bateman, I'm outvoted two to one. And so Bateman goes to. Yeah, right, so I, me... could, I could live with either, um, to be honest. One thing about Marshall this year, I don't, compared to last year, I mean, he had just, it's a very interesting like position he was put in. And, and I, and I totally agree with um, the notion that he was just trying to put something on film and then, and then get the hell out of there. Right. And I think he was probably very much preoccupied with getting hurt. And, um, but yet he, I think he probably found himself caught up in, you know, trying to, you know, thinking about the cats, you know, uh, uh, that got drafted or the cat that got drafted before him, you know, Jefferson and, 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 um, and how he was playing, but also the fact that he was out competing and outperforming Jefferson um, in the early part of that same season. He was actually out outperforming uh, Jamal Chase as well. So I think he was just kind of caught in the middle of a lot of different factors and variables that he was trying to, he was trying to deal with and, 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 but at the same time, put himself in the best position to shine, you know, for scouts, uh, you know, for, for, you know, for him um, being drafted, but he actually, had, and you don't see this often. He had six, about five, five and a half yards less on the average depth of target um, than he had in 2019, but his yak was like crazy. And he had more touchdowns, um, you know, per game. I mean, he like the season he had, even it was abbreviated. And you look at the raw stats, you're like, okay, I think it was seven games. You look at what he did, that's a lot. But when you look at when you compare that to what he did the previous year, um, and 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 how he had to change his game based on how he was being used, a lot more shorter passes. I I I think he doesn't get a lot of enough credit for how dynamic he appears to be to me, I think, um, through the stats and, and how he played and the things that he was asking asked to do and how he still succeeded with, um, like Coach said, three different quarterbacks. Um, they had no run game to speak of. Um, I mean, the team was – they were bad. They were horrible. You know, and he just, he, you know, he just shown like, you know, he was the only son in the, in the solar system, you know, so – um, I could live with either guy, long way saying. I had to look it up because I knew it was good, but I was like, oh my. So seven games, 
He had 48 catches, 731 yards, and 10 touchdowns. In seven right. games. Now, look at his last game in LSU. 10 catches, 134 yards. So my man was balling. My man was balling. Mm-hmm. And the thing about 2019, to your point, Slay, was so he missed three games. So he didn't even play in all of the, the, the games in 2019. Mm-hmm. His 13 touchdowns would have been an LSU record. But Chase had two. Right. <laughs> right. That's how crazy it was. Right. That's how crazy Justin, that team Justin was. Had 18. Yeah. Yeah. So that, Chase that's had how 20, crazy. 18. That's how crazy that season was. Yeah, so you're talking about the guy on that team who who people look at as the third guy. But really, I mean, you you just had three dogs out there. Now, from a receiving standpoint. I know, Chris, we, we, don't, we don't really see the same kind of dog in terms of his mentality in the run game. And, you know, that's that's obviously something that matters to the Ravens. But when you look at what he did as a receiver, which is, is what you're drafting him to be as a receiver, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it proves in the pudding. But anyway, so Bateman goes through. We'll see what happens uh, come draft night. If the injury stuff really is significant – you might see Terrace Marshall slide into the second round and Ravens could still have an opportunity to pick, you know, depending on what they do at 27. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, next matchup, we're going to talk some offensive line now. Um, we're going to go Creed Humphrey, center out of Oklahoma. And Kerry, I think that's going to be your guy. And then I'm going to do Landon yeah. Dickerson out of Alabama. So, Kerry, we're going to let you go first, unless you – you know, you want to go okay. second. I'm going to give you that option. I'm Like I said, I'm just reading off the sheet, but I'm going to give you that option if you want to go second. No, I'm good with going first. Okay. So we're going to start the timer now. All right. So Creed Humphrey. So we know with, with this a lot. Oh, we might have lost Carrie's internet. Y'all hear Carrie? Oh, I thought it was me. No, no I hear Carrie, I, I think you. we froze a whole. Yeah, he's stuck. He's stuck in a time portal right now. Yeah. He that he with Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he was about to get cooking too. Oh man, lost him completely. Oh, Mike, Mike, you're on mute. And, you know, I just like the way he approaches the game. And I feel like he would be a seamless um, fit. You know, not a great athlete, oh. um, but good enough hey, Carrie, athlete. That, let me, yeah. Let me interrupt you, man. We lost you. We lost you for probably like 20, 30 seconds. Ah. <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't hear you at all. And then I'm on mute. I'm talking and they can't hear me because I'm on mute. But, so here, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll restart you. We'll restart you. We'll okay. take you back to the beginning, okay? Because we, we want everything to be fair. I got these daggone allergies, man. That's why I keep going on mute because I'm over here coughing. I'm like, I don't want them to hear all this coughing in the background. But then I start talking and forget I'm on mute. Okay. So here you go. You ready, Carrie? Uh-oh. 
Dad. <laughs> Are we losing again? We lost him again. He might be talking for all we know. I know. He probably is. He probably froze up again. All right. We get him back this time. I'm just going to say, hey, man, I'm going to go first. <laughs> see, we, we see if we can't get that. We can't get that internet worked out. Oh, Lord. All right. Yeah, you know what? Because I don't want to go, and then he cut back in because I think he doesn't realize that he cut out. He, yeah, he just said, like, go ahead. Oh, he did? Yeah, he said, he said, go ahead first. He said he's having connection issues. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start timer on myself and talk about Landon Dickerson. Okay. So Landon Dickerson played center at Alabama last year. Uh, big dude for a center. I think he's like 6'5". So, you know, good, you know, height height might be up there a little bit for a center. I guess sometimes you see those guys a little closer to 6'2", 6'3". Um, but I think the thing that when you watch him is you see that he's a guy that likes to get after it, right? He's just got that mindset where he's going to go after guys. He's going to look to finish guys. He's going to look to give guys a little extra. You see him, you know, kind of in, in, in pass pro um, if he doesn't have a guy. He's one of those look for look for work kind of dudes, right? Where he's gonna try to take some rib shots on some guys when he can. You see him finish guys in the run game where you know he's probably already made his block, but he's gonna look to put that guy on the ground if he can. And then um, I remember Michigan's O line coach talked about burping dudes, right? Where he like kind of like bounced their helmet off the turf one time. He called that burping them, <laughs> and he says he'll do that like one time until the ref will warn him, and then he'll tell his guys, "Okay, don't do that. Don't burp, don't burp, don't burp nobody." <laughs> and so I think you see that with Dickerson a little bit. He plays with that kind of edge, um, and he's got some versatility. I think he could play guard. You know, if you didn't necessarily want uh, to have him as center, or if you had a guy at center. I think obviously the big red flag with him is the injuries. Um, I think he's had three uh, significant injuries in Alabama, two two of them probably season enders, maybe three of them. I think all three of them were season enders, um, you know, based on where he had them, where he suffered them at. So obviously that's the issue with him. But when you look at how he plays and you hear the things that his coaches or other people there say about him in terms of a person, he's a culture guy, right? That's what they all say. You get that guy in your offensive line room, and you're setting a culture, you're establishing a culture or, or strengthening one if you already have a good one. So I think all of that stuff about him is on point. It's just the injuries that, that make you concerned. There you right go. on time. You know, hey, we got a little experience. You know, we did this last year. We, we got a feel for it. Uh, we we kind of got a little bit of an edge, I think, that way. So this might have to be one of those things where I go against myself because <laughs> I don't know that we have Kerry back yet. He said anything Creed. to you? I take Kerry. Oh, you take you yeah. take Kerry? Okay. So we're going to do a little quick fill-in here for uh, Coach Evans. Take Creed. And if, if Kerry comes back, he can have him back. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start you off then, Coach. And, okay. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't do that. Here we go. And go. All right, Creed Humphreys, Oklahoma. Now, a couple years ago when Creed was a freshman, he was on the O-line with uh, Cody Ford, Bobby Evans. Um, uh, I can't think of the other guards' names. But anyway, it was it was four seniors. And he was a freshman, starting with four seniors. And at that time, he was considered the best of the five. Now, three fast forward, what, three years later, and it's time for him to come out. And 
what don't you like about a center? He, he stayed healthy all, all his time there. He 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 has a tendency to burp people, so you say, because he was the other than Cody Ford, he was the other nasty guy on that line. And most old linemen are the, the smartest guys on the the team, and I think he's an academic guy also. But as far as his gameplay, consistency, and for, with a center, that's what you want consistency, and. And I could go on and on about attributes, but everything's going to come back to consistency. His, his, his hand placement is consistent. His uh, kick slide is consistent. Uh, his down blocks are consistent. Everything with him is consistency, and it all looks the same, no matter who you put in front of him, unless it's uh, a Barrymore type situation. But other than that, everybody you put in front of him, if you got to down block him, they're getting down blocked. If you got to pass at him, you're getting pass set. If he got to, you know, if they run some kind of, um, Sweep or um, what's the word? What's the play I'm looking for? We talked about in the meeting I had. Uh, crap, I can't think about it. But any kind of sweep where you got center pulling and go out, like two different guys pull buck sweep. If you are in a buck sweep with the center, he can do that. So he's agile, he's smart, and he's consistent. The only weakness I would throw out there for Creed, I probably shouldn't throw a, weed, a weakness out there because I'm doing this. I don't know how <laughs> overall strong he is to be a center, and you got to deal with zero ticks. Right there, it is with four seconds to spare, Coach. Man, he got that extra time. You can prepare in case he his guy go through. He gonna have a little something extra on the on the other side. All right, so we got two. Hopefully, we can get Carrie back because if Chris, if you and Slade tie, we need a tiebreaker on it. So I'll, I'll start with you, Chris. You heard the uh, you heard the arguments. Who who do you like? Oh man, it's a rough one. Um, you know, I'm I'm torn with this one because you know if. You know, the, the medicals are just – that's a huge red flag with Dickerson. Um, but Dane Brugler earlier this week said that his his medicals came back clean. So that's a huge boost for, for Dickerson right now. But as far as play style, just physicality that he brings, he, he looks like the kind of guy that the Ravens would want in the middle of that, that offensive line. Just big, nasty dude, you know, the same way Ryan Jensen was. Everybody loved Ryan Jensen. But um, – <coughs> He's he would bring just like a, he, I think he would bring the offensive line to a whole new level if he can stay healthy. But that's the main question. Can he stay healthy? Been hurt everywhere he's gone. Been hurt at FSU, been hurt at Alabama. Do we see guys who, you know, get hurt in the in college? Do we see them stay healthy in the NFL usually? Not really. But then now you go to Creed Humphrey. This guy, I feel like this guy's been in Oklahoma since I was like 10 years old because I've been hearing about him for years and years. And, uh, you know, every time, every year he's been uh, an All-American, either freshman All-American or Big 12 All-American. I mean, uh, what the hell do they call it now? Big uh, Big 12, right? Yeah, Big 12. Yeah, Big 12, um, 12 All-American. And uh, he's also been the captain the last two years there. And you know the Ravens love themselves some captains. So, uh, and he, he's a, he's a, he kind of fits the mold too, because the last few years, they've kind of like those tech, guys that could be technicians. They haven't really gone after those maulers. Like we saw with Skura, with Skura. Skura is, he's not a, you know, big physically imposing guy who can anchor really well, but he's a technician. And like, like coach said, he'll give you that consistency where snap to snap to snap to snap where you know what you're going to get. And over this past season, 
we saw the Ravens did not have that consistency when it came to the center position, when it came to snaps, where it came to footwork. Those guys were all over the place. So um, I guess I would have to go lean towards Creed Humphrey uh, in, in this battle, uh, mainly for the consistency, uh, the availability. And uh, I mean, not to, not to poo-poo his play. He's a hell of a player as well, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Creed Humphrey. All right. That's one vote for Creed. Slade, who you got? So I, um, in my, in my risk avoidance model for, for wide receivers, injuries is obviously a, a, a factor that you would imagine. And, and the way I just deal with injuries across the board for any position is I just, quite frankly, I just factor that individual out because from, again, just looking at receivers, what I've seen in the past is that um, you're better off by not taking that individual um, on day one or day two of the draft if they have an injury history. And and so just right off the bat, um, Dickinson, who, who, who I think is a tremendous player, no doubt about it, but um, um, he essentially just comes right off the board, um, the draft board for me. Um, I would not consider him – uh, you know, if I was a GM and, and and then on the other side, you're looking at Humphrey. It's not that Humphrey in this matchup is a leftover guy. So that's why he wins, because I'm taking Dickerson away. Humphrey is a tremendous player. And and being kind of an Oklahoma college football fan, um, I've watched him a little bit, um, watched him live, probably more than on tape. And and due to he always stands out, always shining. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a bulldog in there, technically sound. Um, I was aware that he was captain last year. I hadn't even thought about it this year, but obviously it makes sense that if he was captain last year, he would have been captain in 2020 as well. But, um, I, I, I would not be surprised if the Ravens actually took this dude at 27, to be honest with you. I think it, it takes out any kind of, well, what if Bozeman may not be, or what if someone else may not be, Humphrey just takes that right out of the equation. And it's Humphrey in a center. He's 21 years old. He'll be 22 um, as a rookie. Um, I think his birthday's in June, but you got Humphrey in there, you know, for the next 10 years, for as long as Lamar is probably playing ball, Um, you got Humphrey in front of him. And I think that's, um, that's, that's something that I think the Ravens, you know, what 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 smile about having that uh, having that opportunity? Man, let me go ahead take this L. Type Creed Humphrey in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Carrie and Chris Damn. probably remember last year. I think I took like four L's in a row. I didn't win on nobody <laughs> until we got to like the. It was in the later rounds. I don't know if it was when we got to the finals or right before the finals, but I was just taking L's on every player. That I had. <laughs> so, you know, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with that. You know, my father used to always say losing builds character. So uh, <laughs> I got a lot of character built up through this. I don't know um, where, I don't know who I'd, who I'd like if, he, if uh, Dickerson was healthy. This, that's, 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 a, that's, the, that's the main thing, man. If Dickerson man. is healthy, I, I think I'll go with Dickerson. But it's the, that's just – it's really extensive, that that injury history. But, man, yeah. it's it's hard to watch him and not fall in love with that guy. Yeah. 
even I have to admit, I mean, if you you look at three season ending surgeries in college, and you know, I know it's the SEC, so he's he's playing against the cream of the crop, but you just you just have to wonder about his body. I mean, right. you just don't know if his body's yeah. going to be able to hold up at the NFL level where you're going to be playing. You know, think about like if you were playing an all star team in the SEC, you basically playing an all star team every week in the NFL when you get to that level in terms of the competition. So, uh, you know, I hope I hope he can. I mean, because, you know, for for him, you know, I root for all of these guys. I don't root against any of these guys. You know, absolutely. Following their dreams. I hope it works out for all of them and they stay healthy and they had great careers. But, you know, like you like you all have said, that injury thing. It tends to continue to be a factor, you know, mm-hmm. if you've had those issues mm-hmm. in the past. So hope that's not the case for him. But anyway, uh, he didn't make it through. Creed does. Coach gets four more seconds at it in the second round. So I think he's going to be going up against. Seconds. Yeah, he can ready to go up against Slade uh, in the second round on Bateman. He's going he gonna to get them four seconds. On so <laughs> <laughs> let's see who we got next. I know we were supposed to go left to right. I've already screwed that up and we've just gone left. So we're just going to keep going left. And it looks like we're going to do some edge rushes now. I know we got Kerry yeah. back. You back with us, right, Kerry? Yes, sir. I was, I called myself trying to reclaim my time like Maxine Waters, but my connection had another plan. They wanted me to reclaim all my time. So we wanted you, we wanted to get you to jump back in there, but you know, we, we know how this goes. We got a lot of players and, you know, we're going to try to get through them all. And you got a couple other guys um, who who you're going to be jumping on for. And then of course, Oh, that's right. He gets Creed back. Yeah, that's right, because yeah. he went through. Oh, so that, that's what you said. So Kerry gets the four seconds. Mm-hmm. You got that four seconds. Four, okay, so Kerry, you get Creed back because he made it through, and you get four extra seconds because Coach, man, he 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 don't yeah, take he it to the line. Down, he saves some time. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it in Heineken. <laughs> I got you. Coach is coach is getting a Heineken and he's getting that, that space chair that he asked me for the other day. <laughs> I'm waiting for my chair too, man. Where the chair at? <laughs> Need to get one of those. All right. So next we're gonna talk a couple edge rushers. We got Jason Oway from Penn State and Jalen Phillips out of Miami. It looks like I'm up first. I got to keep hitting this daggone cough button because these allergies are killing me. Uh, hopefully, I can get through this without hacking up. There you go. See, you didn't hear that. Just just like that. All right. So, I'm going to start with Jason Oway. Let me start my timer over here. Okay. Jason Oway, edge rusher out of Penn State. Let's start with the stuff that was hard to believe, right, at the pro day. And like Coach mentioned this earlier on. Everybody was running like they was at the crib at their pro days. <laughs> four threes, four fours, jumping out the gym, three cones. Everything was like on another level. But this guy at, what was he, six four, like 259, a four three seven. I mean, that's just not as, as much as, you know, hey, this is my guy and I'm supposed to be making a case for him right now. Four three seven just is it, hard to even believe. <laughs> but, you know, he had, I want to say, close to like a 40 inch vert. I want to say it was like 38, 39, an 11 foot broad. So, from a testing standpoint, the guy tested like a high level athlete, former basketball player in high school. I think he played basketball like his first two or three years uh, in high school before he, um, he transferred. I think he transferred to another school that was really like a basketball powerhouse kind of school. And they said you had to play a second sport. So he took he he, he did football. And, um, you know, obviously they saw what kind of athlete he was out there. So then he gets to Penn State and 
the the issue that people are going to talk about with him, I know it might come up, coach might bring it up, is you don't see the production, right? 2020, zero sacks. I want to say he had four or five last year. Um, and so, you know, for the Ravens, and that's who we're talking about here in terms of fit with these players, we know how much they value sack production, right? You've heard Ozzie Newsom in the past, and I imagine Eric DaCosta believes the same things, that sacks translate, right? They believe that. And I would say if you look at what they asked him to do in Penn State, he was involved in a lot of games, a lot of stunts where he was the penetrator. And it's not that that penetrator can't get sacks because they do, but oftentimes they're setting the pick, they're occupying blockers, and it's that looper who gets sort of a better look. Uh, and so I think sometimes he was maybe not able to just kind of pin his ears back and go. And I'm not making an excuse. He still, you know, should have produced in that role. But I think you have to think about scheme with him a little bit. Okay. Like that. Might take these L's, but I'm smooth with this time. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Coach Jalen Phillips, Miami, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to start you now. First off, if you don't know, I'm, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. But um, with that being said, on the shameless plug gets coming in my two minutes, uh, check out my film on Jalen Phillips on YouTube. Sip the tally films. <laughs> so um, anyway, Jalen was my age number one. I think he his production this year by far um, outweighs any other age on the board. He can play the um, three or the five. I don't think he can play one or zero. But the way he gets out, get out of his stand, his initial burst, because he's standing at like six, six, his initial burst, his first step on tackles. I, there's there's tape out there where he's about to take his second step and the tackle's foot hadn't even hit the ground on his kick slide at six five and he got he got long arms he's like a thirty four inch you know in arms so his product and he had what fifteen or so sacks this year so his, his production at Miami is it, it, crazy his, his twitch I'm not sure like his his speed on the pro day or whatnot but for a D lineman to me that don't really matter. Jalen did everything that I he checked every box for me as far as a, a, a age guy. Now to talk about the other guy for a second, when he ran that amazing blazing four three whatever, I like let me go check this dude out. So what I do is, and I'm SEC bias, I went to the best team on their schedule that I could find tape for, which for in his case was Ohio State. No tackles. He was running to the ball all the time, but there was zero production. Zero for a guy that fast, a guy that big, and a guy that strong to not make any plays versus the best team in your conference because you're going to the NFL where you're going to see the better players. That was a huge red flag for me. And I'm to the point where I don't know if I even put him in my top nine edge guys because of that lack of production. Myself. Damn, coach, why you do me like that, man? <laughs> it's funny if it, it felt like that because I was on Twitter like when he did, I'm like, man, this dude suck. <laughs> you hit me with it right at the end. He was talking about Jalen. It's all about Jalen. Here's Jalen. And then right at the end, bang. Let me just go ahead and, and drop kick my man, uh, what, Jason Owen. <laughs> what you what you know, I'm I was I'm a real coach, and the thing that that I love. Uh, almost just as much as you know the other thing is competition, yeah. and I just look at this as a competition. Yeah. Now I look, yeah. the production don't lie. Uh, so let's let's go around the room and get the votes. 
see see what people think. Um, let's start with you, Kerry. You've heard the arguments. Who you got in this matchup? Yeah, so, I mean, compelling arguments was made on both sides. Um, you know, obviously we know with uh, Jason Oway. Uh, you can check my Twitter feed for my my song comp for him, Big Old Freak, because, I mean, the dude is a freak. There's no way around that. But Coach pointed out that Ohio State game, and I watched that Ohio State game a couple times, and he plays a little high, and I saw him have some real bad reps, kind of got pushed around a little bit. Now, he does fly around. Uh, he's not soft by any means, and I think there's some things to his game that can be coached up. And there's some room on that frame to um, to add weight. But when I look at the other side and I look at uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, I, I think it was the Clemson game I'm watching. And um, Travis Etienne uh, broke off a long run off the left side. But I'm looking at the right side and I see Jalen uh, Phillips walk the Clemson tackle into the backfield with one arm. I mean, just completely just dominated this dude. So, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the prototypical size. And, you know, he's an athlete within himself. I mean, four, five, eight, uh, 40, 30 inch, uh, 36 inch vert. So uh, I'm going to lean uh, with Phillips in, in this matchup. Now, you know what? I'm going to slide this in, even though I shouldn't. You can ignore it if you want to. I'm going to do this like in the courtroom where the lawyers say something, the judge is like, uh, you know, the other one, they're like, objection, strike that, strike that. <laughs> but the people still hurt it. You know they hurt it. I, because I, I, I'm rusty, man. I should Coach, coach he got me on this one. I should have included this in my argument. But just, hey, full disclosure, because we ain't talking about this. My man, Jalen Phillips, three diagnosed concussions in college. Had to retire. Had to medically retire when he was out there at UCLA. Now, the doctors in Miami, hey. They like it's all good, bro. Come on down here. I agree. I agree. It's, it's all good. Right there from you. Yeah, check you out. It's all good. You can play, man. You ready? You ready to roll? So, um, so back on back on the field. But I'm just saying, full disclosure. You got that in there. Uh, he had the little the, the wrist injury, right, where he crashed the moped, had to take like two bones out his wrist. Then you had a little foot thing. It's a little bit of injury stuff in there, too. So as I say all of that, uh, Chris, who you got in this matchup? No, it's funny because I, I was actually going to go there with him because I've been having some battles with people on the timeline as far as uh, uh, Phillips is concerned, uh, just with his injury history. And it's not even like I it's not like I hate him as a player. You know, it's just these are things that we have to bring up when we discuss the players because, you know, these the injury history. When you're taking a player in the first round, it's you, you got to factor that in. You have to cook it into the decision of, of whether you're going to take this guy or not. And um, like you said, Coach, his explosiveness is it's undeniable. You know, his first step is is crazy. Aziz Ojolari is a, a guy who, you know, he he has some bursts off the line, but he looks like a damn slowpoke compared to compared to Phillips coming off the line. And he's a, he's a, a bursty dude off the edge. So. Just the, the physical talent that he has, and, and he's a guy that came out of high school. He was a five-star guy, you know, came to UCLA and was, was wreaking havoc as a true freshman, wreaking havoc. And, uh, you know, like like Mike said, he, he had, unfortunately he got the concussions and he was forced to, to retire. But uh, then he came back to Miami and, and, you know, he showed why everybody was so excited about this freshman a few years ago. 
Um, with Owe, Owe, man, I, I think he, he's a guy that's scratching the surface. Like Mike said, he, he's late to football. He was a, a basketball guy. And you kind of see that in his play where he's – I told Mike, he plays like a – he's more of a shooting guard mentality when he should have a power forwards mentality. So it, you can see that on tape. And I don't know if you can – you know, teach that like, hey, man, you got to be more of a dog. I don't know if you could teach that in, in a player or not. But uh, I do think we we're just seeing a player who's starting to scratch the surface because you look at his tape last year and you compare it to this year. Last year, he couldn't defend the run nearly as well as he can now. So maybe next year he takes another jump and, you know, we, we could see him add some more tools to his toolbox. So um, with this one. It's tough. I'm gonna have to go with Owe. Oh, I got one. I'm gonna I have to go with Owe. <laughs> I got man. one. The, the but medicals, there's, a, there's... The, the concussions. That's that's big, man. Concussions is is it, huge, man. It's a huge, huge risk, and uh, that that scares the hell out of me. But full disclosure, because I want to be fair, uh, Owe missed the final two games of his junior season, just his 22, uh, 2020 season. Um, I couldn't find specifically what the injury was. I don't know if it was a foot or what it was, but he missed those final two games. So there's there's some injury, you know, stuff there with him too. I wanna I wanna be fair on that. So Slade, it's gonna come down to you. Yeah. Um, you know, again, man, I don't, you know, as a as a keyboard GM, man, I don't I don't mess around with injuries. You know, um, I like him as a player. I really do. <laughs> man, I like him a lot. But, yeah, I, I, I got to go with Owe, man. I got to go with Owe. And, and one thing that, that leaves me a little bit more hopeful um, with Owe, other than, you know, perhaps he will – or banking on the fact that he may develop into a, a solid pass rusher is the improvement that he made versus the run um and 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 because that that takes a little bit of smarts too it, it's, it's not that's not just a physical thing right it, it takes a little bit of smarts uh discipline maybe more so than anything else and um you know for someone who's late in the game to kind of pick that up in just one off season and improve on it um you know to a great degree i i i, I hang my hat on that more than i do the idea of his athletic attributes um, pushing him forward to become a, 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 a solid or better than solid pass rusher. So um, probably, you know, if he was going up against somebody else, I would probably go with that somebody else. But in this matchup, I would take away. I finally get to put a win on the board. It's been a long time. I may have only had one one win last year uh, through the whole thing. So it's been a whole year uh, since I've been able to put a little win on the board. Hey, it's only to the second round, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, we're going to keep this thing moving. Um, dang, it looks like me and Coach going to go up against each other again. Uh, we got a couple defensive tackles to talk about right now i had to pull my man's name up to make sure i pronounce it right washington defensive tackle levi owns or ek owns or ek 
is how they they had to like phonetically uh, spell it out for me so I could make sure that I got it right uh, against Christian Barmore, um, defensive tackle from Alabama. So, Coach, I'll give you the option, even though my name is first on the sheet. If you want to go first, I'll give you the option. I'll go first. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. Go. When you look at a, a defensive tackle, you want a guy that can play zero or one on either side, strong or weak. This guy, this is the guy. This is probably one of the strongest guys to to come out of Alabama, and that's saying a lot. And I've seen tape on him where he's just displaced centers. Like, and and not to offend anyone, but when you go through um, natural disasters, whether it be hurricane or tornado, and the house can just be picked up and moved, and the, the base of the house, like the concrete block, is still there, that's what Barrymore does to 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 centers. If you don't, if your center doesn't have like a, a four or five hundred bench, probably even more, and, and good technique and understand leverage, he's going to be displaced every time by Barmore. Every time. So if you got a guy that, so if he gets to a team that runs three four or any kind of system where he's a straight nose, the center is going to be shaking in his boots every time because that dude's that strong, and he understands leverage. And he's twitchy enough to chase people down. A guy that big shouldn't be able to like catch people from the backside and make tackles. On top of having enough pass rush moves to to kind of be a three down defensive tackle. But obviously his specialty is the run. He 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 blows up centers. He he and on double teams he don't get moved. That's another thing. Even in a league, if he can, if he has a high quality mic behind him. He don't get moved, so he can eat up blockers for that Mike or, or that or that Sam to to run free, um, and that that's what I got. You can cut it off right there. I'm slow. I'm slow with it. It really should be 14 seconds. I, I got my little note mm-hmm. pad over here, so I'm, I'm I'm writing it down, even though I'm a little bit slow and clicking the button. All right, so dang, coach just racking up all this stack on extra time. Gonna hurt somebody <laughs> in the next round. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, let me reset the clock for me and my man on Zer Ek. I'm just gonna keep saying it slow like that so I get it right. Okay, Levi. Let's just call him Levi. Defensive tackle at Washington. First thing that people are probably going to think about with Levi, if they look him up, right? If you haven't seen him play and you just go look up size or whatever, you're going to say, okay, this guy is 6'2", 290, right? This guy is not like a true shade type defensive tackle. Uh, And I would say, no, he's not. He's probably more of a natural three technique. But when I watched him, and I don't know if everybody will remember this name, was a guy who used to play for the Cowboys. Um, And they would kind of move him around, but there were times where he would play head up on a center. And he was an undersized guy. He was like, I don't know exactly what his weight is, but he was definitely under 300 pounds. Uh, and now I'm even blanking on his name. So that ain't helping my case, but he was an undersized guy who was just super quick, super, super quick. So he also was strong. Um, so he was able to kind of win with that as well, but sometimes you could have, no, no, he was, um, all right, my bad. I don't mean, I don't want to take it. No, time. no, I cannot remember that guy's name. But guess guess what? I'm gonna get it when we're done, just so I can make sure that I, I get it. But the thing you see with on Zarike is that lateral movement. Guy is cat quick, right? He's able to cross face on blockers. 
He's able to get off the snap. He's able to penetrate and get in between blockers. Like even with double teams and you talk about, okay, was this guy big enough to hold up against double teams? What he would do is, so you have that postman, right? That first guy who's kind of got to engage you on the double team. And then the drive man who's going to come down and try to bump you over. Mm -hmm. He would get on that postman so fast and so deep that the drive man, when he would come and try to bump him, he he couldn't reach him. He had to almost like turn around to get his hands on his back or his hip because he was so deep into the backfield. So he kind of wins that way with his quickness and with his mobility. Not to say that he's not strong, because I think he is, but he's not going to be as strong as a guy like Barmore. I give Coach that. Um, The one thing I will say of Barmore as I get out of here with these five seconds, ask yourself about the experience. Just started last year at Alabama. So got to look at that a little bit. Great closing point. Great closing point. See, I've learned with Coach, I got to get in there and take a shot at his guy. I got to get a shot at his guy at the end because he might be getting at me. Oh, my God. You know what? That that is funny, but uh, Patrick Queen only started the last eight games, too. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was going to be ready. It's true. And we voted, and we all voted Queen as our guy last year, and we didn't didn't hold that against him. So, hey, facts is facts. but let's start. Oh, wait a minute. I got Carrie in two different streams in here. Hold on. Carrie, which one of these joints are you in? Can you hear me, Carrie? Oh. I got Can you, you for like, yeah, I got you now. Okay. All right. I got you in here in like two different streams. So I'm like, oh. wait a minute, which one is? I don't want to remove you and remove the wrong one, but I'm going to do it like in those movies where they like cut the red wire. Boom. There it is. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm moving right. <laughs> nothing, nothing blew up. Nothing blew up. All right, Slade, we're gonna go with you first this time. You heard the arguments. Who you got? So I, I, I try to own my biases because you know, for I, I conquer one and another one will creep in. I have a great bias on uh, in favor of quick DTs. I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, penetration. I'm thinking about, um, you know, collapsing the pocket. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, cats like, you know, Brady and Breeze, who for years and years and years and years and years, you know, just stepping up into the pocket, like buying time and, you know, delivering downfield. I'm like, how come cats can't, you know, can't stop that, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Levi on this one. I, I've, I haven't watched him much. Um, haven't seen him live at all. Um, seen Barmore live and watched him a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I like, I like, I like quickness, quickness and foot speed with my DTs. So Levi for me. Okay, and that guy who I could not think of, Jay Ratliff. That's the guy I found a call for the Cowboys. I want to say he was right around 290, like 6'3", 6'4", 290, something like that. He, I mean, look, when guys get in the league, you know, who knows? He could have been over 300 at some point. Uh, (laughs) You know, what what a guy weighs at Combine is going to be way different sometimes than than where he played throughout his career. Um, But, you know, he was one of those guys who didn't look like a typical, you know, head-up type uh, defensive tackle. I'm not saying they played him there all the time. It was like a sub package, you know, pass rush kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he he just won in a different way. 
you know, than, than, than guys who are bigger and stronger and who can maybe win with a little bit more power. So that's the guy that came to mind when I was watching Levi. But anyway, um, let's go to Chris. Who do you got in this matchup? Um, I'm going to keep it short because I've been a little bit long-winded with my my my, my picks. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Barmore. Um, I think uh, he, he's a guy, I think his ceiling's higher. Um, he's a guy who, uh, when you when you look at his tape, he wasn't really stopped. Um, it was mostly just, uh, uh, you know, you kind of see him run hot and cold sometimes. And uh, I, I think that's something where if you could get him into a good rotation, um, you fit him into like a defense like the Ravens and, you know, have a guy like Winkle be real creative with him. And, uh, you know, a guy that could stand up to double teams. Uh, to me, that's that, that's a perfect fit. So I'm going to go with Barmore. All right. So we got a tie right now. Kerry, you're the tiebreaker. Who you got? Man, see, this is tough because, uh, you know, coach comparing the guy to uh, to nature, man. You gotta you gotta pay attention, man. When somebody <laughs> comparing somebody to nature, you know. <laughs> but you know, like like Slay, I do have a bias for quick upfield penetrating, uh, you know, defensive tackles. I think he has a think. I want to say one point seven um, ten yard split. And, you know, j- just he has that quickness, man. And, and that's something that um, – and, you know, not a not a soft guy or not a, not a guy that's not powerful either. You know, he shows some of that. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of them. Um, but he's definitely not a guy that's that, you know, I fear that would just be out there getting pushed around. So uh, I'm going to go with Levi. There we go. Hey, put another one on the board. Levi Onzerike out of Allen, Texas. Little Nugget played with Kyler Murray. And uh, I think he also played with Greg Little, um, who's a tackle uh, in the league there for a bit. So Little Nugget there. But let's go ahead and put Levi through. All right. Let's slide over to the other side of this board. Who do we got up next? Uh, oh, more edge guys. This time we got Coach Evans going with Aziz. Ojalari out of Georgia and Kerry going with Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Do you guys uh, want to keep it as is in terms of order? We got coach coach listed to go first, or you guys want to flip it? Just let me know. Is that you care? Uh, I'm good either way. I mean, I, we, I guess we can. We've been going by order, so we can keep it that way. Okay. All right, coach. I'm gonna go ahead and start you. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Um, Aziz Ojalary, uh Edge from Georgia. Um, the guy, he was not the number one guy on my board as far as Edge guys, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he was number two. But the compliment I give Aziz is I think he's the most play day one ready guy of all the edges. And, you know, I think Phillips has the, the bigger upside, but a guy that you can stick in there tomorrow and maybe not dominate, but contribute to your scheme, I think is Aziz Ojolari. He has just enough explosiveness. Uh, he has a, a few pass rush moves, but he's great at sitting, setting the edge in the run game. Now he didn't have a a Robin to his to his Batman to run a ton of games with at Georgia, so he really just got you know got off the edge on guys and, and used his um. He has a a B level. Yannick move that jump slap. He he tries to do that. He wins sometimes, but sometimes 
you know, guys get up under him because he plays in the SEC. So that competition is a factor when you, you know, you evaluate guys. And like Slade said earlier about his bias, my bias is SEC. And if you can excel and come out of the SEC as a as a prospect, that means in practice you're getting it in. And definitely in games, you're, you're getting it in and winning versus top-tier guys because there's only maybe two teams in the SEC that um, are that's up, so to speak. But uh, Aziz is the guy that can come in and play day one and contribute to your team. But um, he's not the number one guy, but I think he's definitely number two. And uh, you definitely want to take that guy over a former running back. Time. Another shot. Right at the end there. <laughs> Coach with a, another – man, look, I got you. Well, I guess four four of these seconds are going for, uh, for carry with Cree, but you already up to like 22 extra seconds uh, with, with this time-saving tactic. You know, Coach, this is your first time playing, Coach, but you you got some strategy with it on this thing. So, uh, man, dang. all right, Carrie, time for you to talk about this running back. Not bad for a running back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Go. All right. Quitty Payne. Um, you know, the Ravens have had a lot of success with big, powerful edges. And they kind of miss when they kind of go outside of that and they go more with, a, you know, more of a finesse guy. They're chasing that bend and they're chasing, you know, certain things. Um, you know, there's a guy on the other side of this argument that was 6'2", 249 at his uh, pro day. Um, you know, all numbers that are a little bit uh, less than what we were expecting coming in. So, you know, that's something that, to keep in mind. But with pay, you got, a, uh, like I said, a power edge, ideal size, um, ability to kick inside on passing downs and rush the passer from the interior. Um, guy has some strong hands, give you shades of uh, Pernell midfield. Uh, as far as his use of his hands, um, guy that can be a pocket collapser. Uh, I love his effort and intensity. Um, I, I think he'd be a pretty good bookend to Tyus Bowser, and they would complement each other well. And you know, when I say all these power edge things and talk about you know uh, his ability to use his hands and this and that, you would think I'm talking about Courtney uh, Upshaw. And I'm fully aware that that's how it sounds, but we're talking about a guy that <laughs> ran four, five, seven, uh, 35 inch vert, uh, 2.59, 20 yard spit, um, split. So we're talking about a legit uh, athletic freak on top of um, the size and uh, the um, intangibles that the guy brings to the uh, table. So, you know, not bad for a running back. <laughs> All right, Kerry. With the plus 21, really it was 22. I get 22. Plus 22 seconds. Okay. We've heard the arguments. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you first. Who do you like in this matchup? I'm going to go with my man Aziz Ojolari. Uh, he's my number one edge. Uh, like uh, like Coach said, man, him against the run, it's like he's made out of, out of steel or something when it comes to the, the run and just – you see guys, you see pullers coming, and it looks like he doesn't see them coming. And he doesn't even move an inch when they touch him. And he just stonewalls them. And he make the play in the backfield or, you know, blow it up and, and have one of his teammates clean it up. And it, when you see stuff like that, man, that's that's special. That's not that's not from Earth's strength right there. 
So um, I'm going with, with Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, I'll go second on this one, and, and we'll have Slade um, wrap it up. But uh, Aziz is my guy, too. Chris knows he was kind of my top guy. Um, I just – every time that I talk about him and I think about him, I have that Alabama game in my mind. And I see Deontay Brown's house looking ass pulled <laughs> <laughs> on power. Aziz, I mean, like you said, it's like a wall. Right. It's like a wall, the way he sets that edge. And Deontay Brown probably got him by 120 pounds, yep. 130 pounds, mm-hmm. something like that. And I mean, he just put, the, you know, same foot, same shoulder. It's done. It's done. Running backs going inside. He ain't coming out here. It's not happening. So uh, that always sticks out in my mind. And I think for the Ravens, he just he'd be an all around guy, too. I think, you know, they, they've shown that at outside linebacker. Um, they like those all-around guys. I mean, some some guys are more specialists who are just rush guys, but you look at, at Tybo, you look at Judon when he was here, you know, guys who can play to run, guys who can drop into coverage and, and at least hold their own. You know, they ain't necessarily running down the seam with tight ends or anything like that, but they can kind of drop to the curl flat, hook zone, little hot zone. And Aziz, I don't think they asked him to do a ton of that, but when he did it, um, he looked comfortable. You know, he didn't look he didn't look stiff. He didn't look uncomfortable. He looked like he could drop and kind of move and had a good feel for being in space. So he just seems like one of those all around guys to me. So he uh, he gets my vote. Slade, I guess it doesn't matter, but we want to hear from you. Who you got? Oh, <laughs> uh, July for me, too. Um, my, Ooh, so clean sweep. You may, recall, <laughs> you may recall my uh, my fantasy trade uh, for OJ uh, OBJ is to get Brian Burns from Carolina. So my, my, I guess you could say my, to extend that out, my fantasy bookends would be Burns on one side and Ojolari on the other. You know, two young, I think Burns came out too when he was 20 years old. Ojolari turns 21 this summer. Um, so yeah, you got two long, uh, you know, just lightning quick uh, cats with length and height on the edges. And that would just, uh, I wouldn't ask for anything else. There it is. Get out of the brooms. Let let me jump in and be clear before we go forward. Ojalari is my favorite edge in this class, too. And I only took K because because the spot was open. But, yeah, um, Eric Eric Fronten at uh, NBC Sports Edge had a great comp for Ojalari, and it's uh, Joey Porter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. And, I, like and, that. I mean, shot me in there. I just see it, yeah. my man. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And I love that comp, man. I, I love Ujilari. I, I got a quick point before we take off, too. Uh, for us, Quiddy Pay. I don't know if you. I did film on both of them, but uh, Quiddy Pay. He had, they ran a stunt or something, and he ended up um, the other. He was the the not the pit guy. He was the roll guy. I called it pick and roll. He was the roll guy, and when he got to the gap. There was a – the gap was there, but the, the quarterback or running back, whatever, had kind of moved the gap over. He jump-cut it so fast. And this was before I knew he was a running back. Somebody told me this later on. He jump-cut so fast that I compared it to a running back, and it impressed – like, I, I watched it outside of the film, I know, six or seven times because I was so amazed at his uh, – the way he jump-cut it, mm-hmm. not knowing he was a running back. And then as far as Ojolari – I should have put that in my argument. I forgot about it, but Chris brought it up. He 
attack pullers ain't a, ain't a good enough word for what he does. The guy, <laughs> <laughs> like oh oh yeah, like my my head coach, he uses block destruction. That's the word he uses, and that just fits what he does to the pullers. If he see you coming, it's a wrap. Yeah. If he don't see you, he can kind of hold his head, hold his own with you know, like you said, near foot, near shoulder. But if he see you coming, he not waiting. He, he finna go eat your lunch. <laughs> Destruction is the perfect word. That that's the you think, you think he's got another 10, 15 pounds in him? He possibly, yeah. Yep. And it's amazing that, you know, from high school to college, how much these kids' bodies change. Yeah. That you you wouldn't think from college to NFL, they still got room to change. But the mm-hmm. science is so much better on each each level, and the money that you can spend on your body, you you can you know everybody can pretty much add once they get to the league because they can eat right. In college, you just mm-hmm. eat, and you get your hands on. In high school, mm-hmm. some of these kids, you know, barely barely eat. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing what science and, and money and, and all that stuff can do to to your body. Now I showed Chris and Carrie the picture of Quitty Pay from when he first came to Michigan to where he was at his last year. I think we had it for Uche too. Cause Don Brown, he gave a clinic. He he'd already been fired, so he's at Arizona, but he was giving a clinic, and so he was using Michigan film, right? Because that's what, that's his last place that he was at, and he showed like the training thing, you know, like the weight room stuff. They show where their body is each year. Man, them dudes look like some superheroes, man. They were on they were on that AJ Brown uh, DK that kind of plan. He was on that kind of plan. So I was like, dang, they done got them boys. Working. And that's what he said about both of those guys. He's like, look, the one thing you're not going to have to worry about with Uche and Quiddy Pay is the weight room. You ain't going to have to worry about them boys because they're going to work in the weight room. So you ain't going to have no problems there. Uh, learning the game and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, of course I got room to develop. But he said when he went to go watch Quiddy Pay in high school and he saw him, you know, in that championship game playing DN and playing running back, he said the change of direction was what coach just mentioned. He said that's what immediately he saw. He's like, I, you just don't see guys his size that change direction like that. So that's it for Quiddy Pay. All right. Like both, of them. both of them effort is off the chain. Oh, yeah. You can't lose. You can't go wrong. I mean, you take either one of those guys, you, you're getting a good player. Um, so let's get back into the O-line, back into some O-line talk. We got Tevin Jenkins, tackle from Oklahoma State, and Elijah Vera Tucker, guard slash tackle from usc and this is not one of those projection type things he literally played guard uh in 2019 and then played tackle in 2020 so we've actually seen him do uh both so looks like on the list chris you're up first with tevin jenkins let me get my timer back up okay you ready ready to go all right uh oh wait a minute gotta reset go all right, so Tevin Jenkins, uh, he's a massive, massive right tackle, uh, OSU. Uh, he experienced guy, got 37 games played, played every spot on the offensive line except for center during his time at, at OSU. Uh, he's a guy, like we mentioned, with uh, Landon Dickerson. He's just a, a personality fit for the offensive line. Nasty demeanor. Uh, if if you want to see him beating some somebody up, just go put on the Texas tape where he's just – continuously just abusing Joseph Osai. He's just throwing him on the floor. He's there was one play where he damn near sat him down on the bench on the on the sideline, on the Texas sideline. 
Um, he's just a, a nasty guy. And everything that you read about him from his coaches, his teammates, they say he's an incredibly intelligent guy. Um, and you, you see that in his play style, too, where he's, uh, he, he's always under control. He's never a guy that's, you know, reaching or, or trying to, to, you know, over overset and overcompensate when it comes to speed guys. Uh, and another reason why I think he's a perfect fit is because the whole Orlando Brown situation where Orlando Brown wants to be a left tackle. So let's say the Ravens don't trade Orlando Brown. I think you could slide uh, Jenkins right into left guard and you have yourself a left guard. And then also you have insurance for if Orlando Brown leaves in free agency and gets that left tackle money that he wants so much, then you could just swing Jenkins right back out and you got your right tackle for the future. That's it. That's all I got for, for Tevin Jenkins. All right, time. Chris with a little added time. Let me make sure, you know, I got to take my little notes like a professional over here. Um, all right, I got Vera Tucker. Let's reset the time. Let's rock. Okay, Elijah Vera Tucker, guard slash tackle out of USC. You're going to hear a common theme here, just like you heard from Chris with Tevin Jenkins and his versatility. And that's why I think both of these guys are really good fits because we know how the Ravens value versatility in, in a lot of different positions, but particularly on the offensive line. You know, they like those guys who can play tackle, who can play guard, who can play guard, who can play center. Vera Tucker did both, right? So like I said before, we don't have to really do a projection. 2020, he played tackle. But you can go back to 2019 where he played guard, and that's really where I think he probably uh, best fits in the NFL is at guard. And he played alongside Austin Jackson, uh, Austin Jackson, Jackson at left tackle. I think Jackson got taken by the Dolphins last year, first round, say like pick 18, something like that. And when you watch those two guys play together, they just complemented each other so well in terms of recognizing pressures, passing off games. Um, it just looked seamless. It just it was smooth. Right. It was real smooth how they handled that together. And Tucker was a guy who just was clean inside. Right. He could handle power. He could handle speed. Like I already talked about the identification, kind of the mental part processing and passing stuff off. And you saw him bump out to left tackle this year and have the ability to get out of his set and get out and, you know, cut off guys off the edge. Uh, be able to redirect if a guy wanted to to work a counter move and come back inside. Still had all of the movement and pulling ability that you saw at guard out there on on the edge at tackle. You know, power might be the thing, the one area where you say, okay, if you keep him at tackle, you know, you'd like to see him probably have a little bit better anchor versus power. But think about him and Ronnie Stanley, right? And you think about two guys who could really work together, intelligent guys, athletic guys who could really lock down that left side. And to Chris's point, if you do end up losing Orlando Brown, then you've got a guy who can probably give you some snaps or maybe even a game or a season at right tackle if you if you need that. So that's it. All right, Coach, we're going to start with you. You heard it. Who you got? I'm going to take the guy with the versatility. And that's, um, how do you say it, Elijah Vera Tucker? I'm taking them because you um in the NFL, you need your best vibe out there, regardless of position. So if you got a guy that's a jack of all trades, so to speak, 
and versatility is one of the key things, you know, one of the one of the main things in NFL. You versatile, you can keep a job a long time. Um, I'll take that guy. And so I'm gonna take um the USC guy, fight on Trojans. All right, this one for Peter Tucker. Slade, who you got? Man, I I I like my O line nasty, man. I like him nasty. Um I actually watched him a little bit after you mentioned him, maybe two or three weeks ago, Michael. And um, yeah, he's my guy. That Jenkins, Devin Jenkins. Yep. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did Joseph Osai real dirty. He didn't have to do him like that in that game. I don't know if that's the game you watched or not, but he uh, he he he, yeah. he treated him. Yeah, that was that, that was yeah, that yeah. was like some father son. <laughs> Type stuff that he was doing to him out there. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, I watched he Texas and I watched that. Oklahoma, um, uh, twenty nineteen. But Osai got him that last play of the game. Yes, sir. Osai got him back. He, I mean, he, he, you, he you're, not, you're not expecting your your O line to block for that long, but that that's what Osai is going to do. Osai is going to hustle, and he's going to be all over that damn field. You might, if you can get your hands on him, you probably go lock him up. But if you can't get your hands on him, he's going to run all day chase everything down. But anyway, we're not talking about Osai. Uh, Kerry, you are again playing the role of tiebreaker. Who you got? Yeah, man, this is a tough one, man, because when when I first kind of heard about Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, people made it seem like he was this soft zone-only guard prospect. But to your point, Mike, I think when I watched him, I saw a dude that, that played with um, more power than he was given credit for. Um, and, you know, he handled power pretty well. Now, is he a, you know, brute people mover? No, but I think he's athletic and he plays with good leverage. And I think he could, you know, uh, really, you know, make his way at left guard. Uh, so, and, you know, the Ravens haven't really had a great swing tackle option in the last couple of years. So I think he would kind of, you know, give you um, two roles there. And then when you look on the other side with Tevin Jenkins and, you know, Chris made the good point about the situation with Orlando Brown Jr. wanting to be a left tackle. Well, I think Tevin Jenkins just wants to fight people. I don't think he care where he plays it. He just want to fight. You just put him out there and, and you know, he's just going to fight the person in front of him. Um, so for me, a guy that nasty, but also has enough mobility to, to do things in the passing game. And I think something that I noticed about him is his awareness. I, I think he's a very astute, aware guy. Um, you know, obviously you look at the um, his approach and his nasty temperament in the run game and everything else, and you think that's it. But I think he has a, uh, a really good awareness uh, in the passing game as well. And, you know, like Chris just said, he's a guy that you could start at left guard that first year and then kick out to right tackle uh, when Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, moves on. So I I'm going to go with Jenkins. Oh, clipped. Clipped at the end. Man, you had me fooled. You started talking about Vera Tucker at first. I was like, oh, I got this one in the bag. Sent you up. No. Okay, okay. That's cool. We're going to keep this thing rolling. We're going to keep it rolling. We got some DBs to talk about next, some safeties. I like, I like to just say DBs. As a former high school, very bad cornerback, I just like being a DB, and that's how we were taught to. We're like, don't let nobody pigeonhole you, call you corner safety. You a DB. You can do anything back there. 
<laughs> so I didn't do anything at all, but <laughs> okay, not, not goes you, in the position. You, you as in y'all. <laughs> yeah, the position, the, the, the position of DB can do anything, but not you. You didn't actually do anything. <laughs> so, uh, but we're going to talk about some guys who did do some things. Uh, so we got Tra Trayvon Morig uh, from TCU and Richie Grant from UCF. I think this is a really good matchup. This, this is going to be a tight one. I'm going to be interested to see how this one shakes out when it's time to, to vote on it. So I've got Trayvon. Chris has got Richie. Chris, you want to keep it as is or you want to you go first? I'll go, I'll go first. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Go. All right. Richie Grant uh, at a, a UCF uh, safety. He's a, he's a guy that fits the mold of what the Ravens look for in a safety. Uh, he, he can play high. He can play in the box. He can play a little bit of nickel. And uh, he's a guy that's he, he's going he's gonna to play all out. You know, I know a lot of fans, they have the sour taste of uh, Earl Thomas in their mouth where you know, he's not chasing down plays from behind. Uh, this guy, Richie Grant, he will do that. Uh, if a teammate gets an interception, he's going to run his ass off and go try to block for that teammate to get him in the end zone. Uh, Richie Grant, he, he's a former wide receiver, and you see that with the way he attacks the ball. He has 10 interceptions over his career. Uh, he just has a guy that has a nose for the football. Uh, seven forced fumbles throughout his career. Smooth guy, nice and versatile. Uh, just everything looks easy with, with his movements out there. It doesn't look like he has any hitch when he's flipping his hips. Uh, he can go sideline to sideline if he has to. Um, has special team experience of over 500 special team snaps. And you know that guy Harbaugh, he he loves those guys that can play, play some special teams for him. Uh, he led his team in tackles uh, for two seasons. So this is a guy that He's going to put his nose in there. If if he sees the ball and he sees the ball carrier is not down, he will jump into that pile and he's going to try to get the ball out or, or get that that raw ball carrier down. Um, a lot of his coaches refer to him as, or a lot of the players on the team refer to him as a coach on the field. And, you know, the Ravens, they love those kind of cerebral guys that they could count on, kind of like the way they have in, in Chuck Clark. Um, yeah, that, that's all I got for him. All right, Chris, with another time save, seven more seconds to go. You up to 19, man, so you, you got to serve some time in your clock. Um, okay, let me reset. I'm going to jump right in, Trayvon. All right, Trayvon Morig, TCU. Uh, was looking a little bit at his background in high school. Um, similarly to Richie Grant, he played wide receiver, also played corner in high school. And when you watch his TCU film, you see that. Right. You see those cornerback skills. You see those ball skills from wide receiver translate um, very smooth, very fluid in his coverage. Uh, I think I tweeted something out when I, I put some clips of, of his a couple of his games out there. And I said I had Sade playing in my head because he's just a smooth operator. You just watch the dude. He just the way he moves around the field is just smooth. Um, it's, it's hard to really. I, I don't want to make a comp because I think that's that's unfair sometimes to kids. But he just looks like he's very controlled. Right. The game's not moving too fast for him. Like he sees everything. He processes everything. He knows where the ball is going. He understands route combinations. He understands run concepts. And he's just always in the right place. Right. He's always in good position. That's why he made so many plays on the ball. I think he had like 28 
PDs over his college career, seven ITs, seven INTs. And he's all always around the ball because he just has that feel. You know, he's just a good football player who has that good instinctive feel. And so he's also got that track background, which Slade knows I'm a sucker for. Uh, high school, we ran the 100, the 200, did the high jump, did the long jump. So, uh, you know, you can look at his pro day and say, oh, he only ran a four or five, but it's play speed right? Play speed always trumps time speed. And you watch that guy on the field. And I think he plays faster because of his eyes. He sees things, he has his eyes in the right place. And that allows him to get jumps on the ball to read, uh, run pass really quickly and trigger against the run game. And that's all because of his eyes. So if you put a watch on him and say, oh, okay, yeah, this guy's not going to run four four, but put him on the field and allow him to use his eyes and his instincts. And he's going to get to where he needs to be to make a play. I just like to let that run. I'm not going to give myself those little extra seconds. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's let's reverse the order this time. Uh, Kerry, let's start with you. Who do you got in this matchup? Yeah, this is a good one, man, because I, I see a lot of the same qualities in both of these guys. Um, like you said, both of them former wide receivers. You see the ball skills. You see the range. Uh, you see all of those things. Uh, I think on – Grant side, I think Grant, and not to say Moore doesn't, because Moore definitely does. He'll he'll stick his nose in there. I think Grant has a little bit more upside from that standpoint, because I think he's got a a frame that can probably add more, and I think he's a little bit more of an explosive striker. Um, but I think other than that, I think Moore got has him everywhere else. Moore is super uh, instinctive, smooth back there. And, um, you know, would bring uh, a dimension this team doesn't have um, as of right now. So um, I would go with more. All right. There's one for Trayvon. Slade, who you got? i just get right to it, man. I love how Maury can cover cover the slot. I, look, I like how he um, – I like his range. Um, yeah. He's – He's clearing away safety one. I think he's um I think he's the pick if he's on the board. You know, for the Ravens. I think I think he's the pick if he's on the board. Yeah, that's my I'm guy. With I'm with you on that. It took me a while to get to the safeties because I spent so much time on the D-line and the edge and a little bit on the offensive line. But when I saw him, I was like, oh, this this is the dude. If this dude is there yeah. and they decide they want to stay at 27. He, he's there, yeah. but let's get to coach. Coach, you, uh, we we got two for Trayvon, so it's in the bag. But let's hear what you have to say about. Um, if you got three for Trayvon, okay. I, I like Rich Grant. Uh, I like what he what he did at UCF, but I think Trey uh, Morig is a ball hawk. I think he can cover if if we're in, if we're in a cover three situation. Let me give you this analogy real quick. And I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit, but when I played baseball in high school, I played center, center field. We would take the left fielder and right fielder and put them close to the line so they can cover the range, you know, their area and out and foul balls because I can pretty much cover from gap to gap. Go at the wheels, wheels. <laughs> but you can do that with, with um, Maury. You can have you can play cover, you know, cover three and have your guys kind of work them them edges and not give up. Uh, corner routes and stuff like that, and he's going to cover 
from mid, between the middle of the number and hash to the other middle of the number and hash instead of just in the hash because he has that much range and he will come up and tackle you too. He's not afraid to tackle. But that his range is I ain't seen range like that. I'm not gonna even call that name, but he used to play for the Ravens. I know. I you saw I caught myself in the middle of mine because I was like, I don't even want to give a comp. I don't even want to give a comp. I caught myself too because I was like the smoothness mm-hmm. right of it all and how fast he sees it. I said, I'm not I'm still I'm not gonna go there because that's blasphemy. You don't do that. Yeah, I, I was I feel you. I was I he makes me think of a healthy hooker. Healthy Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I'm still stuck now, coach, with the baseball. I'm I'm picturing a young Andrew Jones back there running things down in the middle of the field. <laughs> back there in the deep center, just chasing it down. Yeah, that was, that I, I, I had some wheels back then. That used to be my guy, man, for the Braves, Andrew. Yeah. Okay. I, I love Here you. We go. You couldn't tell my wooden D on. Would you did you wear two? No, nah, nine. Nine. Okay. <laughs> Single digits, though. Single digits. And as we learned today, or was it yesterday? Single digits are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody is on. Everybody love it, but Brady. But Brady. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. But that's cool. I mean, when you get to his level, you can you can be the angry old man. Don't nobody care. You done done everything. So <laughs> you can feel however you want to feel about it. But everybody else is going to get theirs. You better believe that. You know Hollywood trying to get that five. You already know that that's trying to. I don't know if he's going to get it, but you know he's trying to get it. All right, last matchup of round one. Got a couple of linebackers. We haven't really talked a whole lot about off-the-ball linebackers. I think, you know, you think about the Ravens with Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison. We know about them getting LJ Fort back. Um, You know, what's the kid? Welch from out of Iowa. Primarily played on special teams, but he's in that room. Um, So we hadn't talked about that a lot, but these guys – I think it's going to be interesting because I don't know if these are kind of your typical uh, off the ball inside linebackers. One of them for damn sure is, but the other one probably isn't either just in a different way. So, all right. I put Collins down here because I guess Collins is going to talk about himself. Actually, that's (laughs) Uh, that. Yeah. (laughs) I'd love to have him. Uh, Just say, Hey man, how how you put, how you get from 270 uh, from your pro day? You said like, you put on like 15. What what happened from your pro day, baby? Um, But anyway, coach, you're listed first on uh, JOK. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Again, another guy, uh, Jeremiah Owasu Karamoa, another guy that's extremely versatile. He can uh, he's an outside linebacker, but he can come down and, and rush the quarterback, you know, in a stand up position. He can set the edge for you, um, you know, from a stand up position. There are times when they're in there what they, I would call their rush package where he's the defensive end, you know, rushing the passer. Now, flip to his outside linebacker capabilities uh, has no problem flipping those hips and getting in the flats has no problem. um kind of spot dropping to like a short uh, hook curl area. But I think his his biggest, his two biggest attributes are his eyes, the way he's able to analyze and see things happening, and his his attack nature. There's a, a play out there, and I'm sure everybody's seen it, versus Florida State. He's dropping to that soft hook curl that I speak of, but he sees the quarterback throwing the flare out to the um, running back. 
Well, that did not end well for the running back. I, I don't understand how that young man got up, but he didn't see um, JOK coming, and he brought, like, the entire Home Depot to him. So he just bring, like, a two-by-four. He brought the whole store to him, and that made me want to watch more tape on him. And he does it a lot. But it's hard to, to to notice the competition because this year is the only real year they were in a conference. They only jumped in the ACC because of the COVID situation. They normally play independents and they'll play three or four good teams and then three or four cupcakes. So I'm I'm weary about him, and this goes against my own argument. Um, how good, how consistent can he be? But as far as flashing, he got that, and he got and he's fast. Here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. God, I'm fighting these allergies. Apologize for that, folks. Um, and we probably should have flipped this thing then, uh, Coach, because I, I love that dude. Uh, I absolutely <laughs> love that dude. Because I think I think he's the he's the modern day NFL. He's the he's the hybrid guy that people are looking for. Yeah, he's the hybrid guy. And he's also uh, you know, Hampton Roads, he's from Hampton. So, you know, all kind of ballers come out of Hampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that you know, I like that about him. But you think about a guy who can, like you said, play to run. He can rush the passer. They even had – I mean, he basically was their overhang defender. And so mm-hmm. he's matching up with slot receivers. Not to say he can do that in the NFL with every slot receiver in the NFL because those boys can go. But, you know, he was matching up slot receivers, tight ends, running backs. He, yeah. He's just that that guy who I think a lot of teams are looking for um, – they don't really necessarily use that terminology in the NFL, but that overhang player, right? Notre Dame was able to play nickel without switching um, people. Yeah. Personnel. They were able to play nickel without switching personnel because he could do what you just said. Yeah, he was athletic enough to to hang out there when they put a wide receiver in the slot. He could he could hold his own. So uh, I love that guy. But I'm supposed to be talking about Zayvon Collins. So, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, let me get ready. Let's do that. Start the timer. All right, Zayvon Collins, inside linebacker, Tulsa. First thing you notice, big boy, right? 6'4", 259 and his pro day. We heard just the other day, uh, I guess he he was at uh, Indianapolis for a medical recheck. I think he was up to 270. Uh, so he's a big boy. That's the first thing that stands out. You don't see many inside linebackers in today's NFL, even when he was 260, uh, who, who carry that kind of weight and can run. The thing, he's not just a big a, a big dude who who can't move. The guy can run. I want to say he ran in the four sixes or something like that this pro day. But again, it's all about play speed. Just turn on the tape and you can see that he can run and that he can move uh, in space. You've heard people project him to maybe outside linebacker a little bit. When I watched and I and I had to watch two years to try to see, you know, if maybe he did it a little bit. It was rare. You know, he he was basically a pure inside off the ball linebacker. He did line up. Uh, on the edge at like a seven or a nine technique every now and then and would, you know, give a little rush. But you could tell that he, he you know, needs some development there because it's just not something he was really comfortable doing. But in terms of a guy who can play in the middle of your defense, who can, um, you know, be solid against the run in terms of taking on offensive linemen, not just taking on like tight ends or stuff like that, but taking on offensive linemen and shedding blocks. Uh, but can also still run, not just from gap, not not just from like C gap to C gap. We talking about a guy who can get out to the the sideline, uh, can also drop in coverage. And I think that's why some people have maybe talked about him as like a Sam linebacker in a three four. He's really kind of got those kinds of skills. Um, 
where you see him in that Tyus Bowser kind of role. So, you know, you think about that for the Ravens and you say, well, we already got Tyus Bowser. Do you need another Sam? So maybe the fit isn't there and I'm not making a great case for this guy. So I'm just going to stop right now. <laughs> All right. I, I think I know which way this is going to go, but we need to go around the room and take the votes. Uh, this time we're going to start with you, Chris. Who do you have? Man, I'm going with both of you guys, J.O.K., because you made a case for him and Coach made a case for him. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Garrett, <laughs> who do you got? Yeah, I'm going J.O.K. too, man. And I, and I like Zayvon um, Collins, but I think about J.O.K., and I just think back to last year's draft and Jeremy Chin, and then I yeah. think about how Carolina used him last year as a kind of like a third safety slash their second inside linebacker hybrid and just having a guy that like coach said you know a team wants to go three wide receiver four wide receiver you can stay in your same personnel because you can you know put him out on the slot receiver you can have him on a um, running back coming out of the backfield um, but he can also blitz and, and, and do some of those things as well. So just having no, these versatile chess piece kind of guys, man, is is where the NFL is going. All right. Well, Slade, I was trying to get you in a situation where you would be a tiebreaker, but ain't no tiebreaker no, this time. But who, who do you got? No, J.O.K. for me. Yeah, uh, his versatility is, um, you know, just the, 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 the power – um he brings to uh to the game just just sheer force you know in 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 collisions man it's um old school football but i you know i love it yeah his his speed that was the thing man he's just so explosive and he does like what i've talked about how having speed on offense how that puts stress on defense he does the same thing on offenses it's stress Cause I mean, when he's coming off the edge or he's 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 blitzing, you better get somebody to him, and you better get him out there quick. Uh, and even if you can, that's going to leave somebody else isolated or create a lane for somebody else. So he just does some things with his speed that open up, uh, you know, not just his ability to make the play himself, but can open up things for for other players on your defense. So uh, he was right there for me with like Morig. I'll be for real. I was like, look, I don't think he's going to be there, but if he's there, I take that dude. I would take that dude just because I don't think they have anybody like that on their defense. That would be an interesting decision between those two. I don't two. think people would love it. I don't think fans would love it. But mm. Oh, they're going to hate it. <laughs> but to me, I thought about – I didn't think about Jeremy Chen, like Kerry mentioned, but I, I think that's a really good um, player to kind of look at. I, I went probably a little too far because uh, I was just talking about the athleticism. They don't play the same position. But he reminded me – the way he moves, he reminded me of Derwin James, the way he moves. I was like, this dude is just yeah. explosive. Now, he's not a safety. Like he's not going to drop back and play on the back end like Derwin could. But when they would have Derwin up around the line of scrimmage and let him play in the box or up near the line, I was like, these dudes, you know, they both of these guys are explosive. I still give Derwin the edge. I mean, Der, Derwin is, is a freak. But um, JOK, he's, he's kind of in that mold. And I think Jeremy Chen, that's probably a better – I might have went a little too far with it, but <laughs> but this guy who he reminded me of. All right, so look, let's do this. We are at the end of round one, and we kind of talked about this before, and I don't know that we made a definite decision, but we're at the end of round one. Do we want to pause and come back and do 
the rest on another show? Or do we want to push through and see if we get through it all? Now, keep in mind, we still got to talk about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We still got eight more. Play. We got to do this eight more times. So I, I probably lean towards doing another show, but I want to throw it out there and see what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I'm good with another. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you think about your your, your audience, this 145 right now. It's mm-hmm. long. Well, they know. They know we go long. But <laughs> we, we, we ain't trying to take them to three hours. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good with another, another yeah. session. And I think it'll be a good. It, it'll be good to kind of step away from it for you know a day and, and kind of put a fresh set of eyes on the new matchups mm-hmm. and kind of bring some you know fresh perspectives to it. Yeah, because now we're doing position battles too. Right. Yeah. Fit Fit's going to come in a lot more in the second round. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then there it is. I think it's unanimous. That's what we're going to do. Um, we'll get this one out. Uh, and and well, I don't know. I don't know how we do it. Let me think about that. But anyway, we're going to do another one, and we will have a winner before the draft starts. So. Uh, it's been good getting back in. We haven't recorded in a long time, so it's been good getting back into it with everybody. Uh, had a great time talking through these guys, and uh, it's only going to get better when we come back and, and have to kind of whittle this thing down even further. And then, you know, let's see if we can let's see if we can do two for two. We had Queen last year. Let's see if we can pick the guy that that they end up taking again this year. Um, <laughs> so, thanks everybody for listening. We are out.